I want you to turn over your announcements. You have notes on the back. Today's message is called Favored. Can you say that with me? Favored. Look at your neighbor and say it again. One, two, three. Favored. Today's the internet is up, so man, we got the Bibles, the scriptures all ready for you. I want you to open up to Psalms chapter 5, verse 12. It's so great to see everybody here. Some people have talked to me, man, you are the most excited pastor in announcements I have ever seen. You know why? Because I don't want one service to pass by where I'm not excited about what God is doing. Do you know that I haven't missed a day yet in five years because of being sick? I'm just saying God has given me supernatural strength to do this. Never missed a Sunday because I was sick. Never had to stay at home with the, you know, with the different things. And every time I come here, I remember the old timers used to say, I'd rather be here than the best hospital in town. Can I tell you what I say? I would rather be here than wakeboarding on Sunday afternoons down Illinois River. Whatever I consider to be the greatest pleasure of my life, God comes number one. Can I tell you why, though? Because he's favored me. Because he's blessed me. How many of you have felt the blessings of God in your life? God to me is not my imaginary friend, and he's not make-believe like Peter Pan. God to me is a very real person that spoke to me when I was eight years old as a child, that helped guide my life. And then when I turned my back on him, who reached out to me so many times, and at the age of 18, when I accepted him, he came to me and he said, Joe, I have a plan to prosper you. I was a high school dropout. I was on drugs. Man, I didn't know even how to open up a textbook, let alone to write one. Now, almost 15 years later, finishing my master's degree, writing books, teaching in Bible college. God has blessed me. I have a family today. I live in a house. Do you know where I lived before I came to the Lord? In my car. That's where I lived. I remember one time I was so desperate and so scared of sleeping on the streets that I parked my car in front of my parents' driveway. And there was a worker coming up to work in my parents' house. And they said, do you not know your child is in his car in front of your driveway sleeping. That's how my life was, my friends. But God gave me a house. God has blessed me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread, as the Bible says. And I want to share with you that that does not mean that we as Christians have a yellow brick road singing in the rain and skipping in the daisies. That the Christian life will be a battle. That you will have struggles along the way. I lost my sister to drinking and driving. I've been a part of more funerals than I've been a part of wedding ceremonies. I've done excuse me, more sermons in jailhouses than I have at graduations. And I have seen what this world can do to people as I've seen in my own family. And I want to tell you something. I am too blessed to be stressed. I could look at the world and I could say, God, you sure messed up a whole lot. There's so much evil here. I shouldn't even try to, to live your life. Or I can look at what God gave me and say, come on, world. Give me your best shot. God promised. And I'm going to keep him at his word. Today's message is going to teach you how to have the favor of God on your life. And we're going to learn it from the man Joseph, who when you hear his life, it is more tore up, more messed up, more full of betrayal than any movie, any soap opera you have ever heard. Are you listening to me? But he was favored. Look at your neighbor and say favored. Looking at the scripture here in Proverbs, uh, excuse me, Psalms. It says, for thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. Thou will compass him with the shield. Can we get that in the NIV, my King James brother? Hallelujah. 
the little Lao and the favorite and all that. Let me read it out of the NIV. For surely, O Lord, you will bless the righteous. You surround them with favor as a shield. I want Nathaniel, one of our young people, to come on up here to the center of the stage. And I want all of the 201 guy students quickly to come on up here, Josh and uh, Adam and, and Jonathan. I want you guys quickly to come up here. I want you guys to see this example. And surround him facing outward. Facing the congregation like a sh- there you go. Look at this. Now somebody get behind him because his back's going to be exposed. Circle him up right here. Make a circle. Surround him, guys. Facing your back towards him. There you go. We got it. This was not choreographed beforehand, as you can tell. The Bible says he surrounds the righteous with favor as a shield. Economic trials try to come and get this man with the shield stops him. This is not the first famine we felt in the land, my friends. You, you, know, you know that? We went through a Great Depression before. Nations like Argentina and, and, and nations in Latin America have faced these times before, and we've seen them come in and out. My friend, nations rise and fall, but God says the blessed are still blessed. Are you listening to me? He surrounds you with the shield. Sickness tries to come, surrounds you with the shield. People try to discourage you, try to tell you to quit. Attacks from other people. You need to get this in your mind today. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. When you're living for God, it doesn't mean you won't face a battle. It didn't say you surround them with yellow roses and they go down, uh, you know, the yellow brick road. No, it says you have a shield. My friends, who carries a shield? Do little girls carry a shield? Who carries the shield? Warriors carry the shield. I got something for you right now. You are headed into a battle. This battle could take you out. This will be the battle of all eternity. Heaven and hell is at stake. But I got some good gospel news for you. There is a shield around you. There is the favor of the Lord that says, though you go in a valley, you shall go through the valley. The Bible says you are more than a conqueror. The Bible says you can. You can get excited any time. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The Bible says though a thousand come at your side and ten thousand at your other side, the destruction will not come nigh you. God is looking for a group of people who are willing to believe God is on my side and take a stand against the devil and win a fight in Jesus' name. Give them a hand clap. Praise God. You may be seated, gentlemen. The Bible says he surrounds the righteous with favor as a shield. I remember one time driving a car, going to a church service in Columbus, Ohio, going about 80 miles an hour. The Lord knew I was messing up already. But I was breaking the speed limit, driving fast. And the worst thing possible, you've had it in your head. You know what you don't want to see is people slam on the brakes. I saw it on the freeway. People slammed on the brakes. I immediately slammed on my brakes, spoke in tongues. Shikaboomba, Jesus. And the moment I just spoke in tongues, the car right behind me skid out of its way into another car, busted the car in front of me, and I still went to church that day. It may not be good for those in front of me, but listen to me, my friends. Favor's not fair. You have got to understand there's a prerequisite to the shield being over your life, and it is the righteous. You might say, Pastor, somebody got messed up, but I'm telling you what, God protected me. 
Does it mean bad things will not happen to good people? No, that is not what I am saying. I am just saying there will be things in your life people will look at you and say, that's not fair. You, you, you should be losing your job. Why are you getting blessed and promoted? You, your business should be failing. You, your marriage should be messed up just like everybody else's in the family. That's not fair. Let me tell you something. It's not fair. But favor comes from the God of righteousness to those who are righteous. If you want to be blessed, be righteous. Today we're going to learn about Joseph and that everywhere along the line, he could have took a shortcut. He could have done something a little bit different to get a little bit more in life. But you know what he did? He stayed righteous and God was a shield about him. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. If you're really ready, say, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Praise God. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 37. Verse 3, we're going to study the life of Joseph now. Favor surrounds the righteous as a shield. Starting in Genesis 37, verse 4, we learn about Joseph. Now Israel, who was also Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any other of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. So look at your neighbor and say, don't hate, celebrate. So here Joseph got himself a new set of clothes, and his brothers got jealous. So here you see the beginning of Joseph's life. Young man, father says, I'm proud of you, I love you, I'm going to bless you with a new coat. He gets that new coat, his other brothers start to hate him. Now what you begin to see is a decline of the love his brothers has to total hatred. Go with me to Genesis chapter 37. I don't have time to read the whole story. It spans for about seven chapters, but I'm going to give it to you in the P's. Everybody say the P's. The pit. Write this down. Potiphar, the prison, and Pharaoh. So we know Joseph, son of Israel or Jacob, blessed with a coat. And what happens to him? His brothers see him coming as, he's watching, as they're watching the sheep. They take him into, uh, they arrest him, and then they want to throw him into a pit and kill him. What does his brother say? Genesis 37:22 says, don't shed any blood. Throw him into a cistern here in the desert, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back after the father. So everybody look up at me. The first thing you see is that God favored Joseph's life and threw him into a pit. You might say, dude, getting tied up and thrown into a pit is the good side. What in the world is the bad side? They wanted to kill him. How many would rather be in a pit than be killed? So when it came to kill Joseph, what did God say? No, 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 y'all can't kill him. Put him in a pit. He got sold into slavery, and he goes to Egypt. You're like, man, this is messed up. Let's keep going into his life. Somebody say Potiphar. Go to Genesis chapter 39, 4 through 5. So he's a young man. He had a nice jacket. They took it off him, put blood on it, told his father he got killed by wild animals. The truth was they threw him in a pit, and that was actually God's blessing because they wanted to kill him. Then in the pit, they sold him into slavery, and guess who buys him? A man named Potiphar. And Potiphar was in charge of a lot of things in that day. Look at Genesis 39, 4 through 5. Somebody say, favor. Hello. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. 
Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing, oh, come on, somebody say the blessing. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potter had, Potiphar had, both in house and in field. He was a slave. And yet his master entrusted him with everything in the house. That means that paid employees became jealous of a slave. Man, I wish I had that dude's job. Now, you know you are blessed when somebody who has a free job wants to be like you if you're a slave. Are you listening to me? But why was Joseph blessed? Because favor surrounded him like a shield. No matter what people tried to do to him, every situation where lemons came, what did he make, y'all? Lemonade. He put some sugar up in those situations and turned it for good. Let me ask you a question right now. What's your excuse for not being blessed on your job? You should be blessed on your job. You might say, Pastor, but they work me like an Egyptian slave. Listen to me. Even as a slave, you should be blessed. Even if you say my boss is a wicked taskmaster, well, they don't give me great hours. They don't really compliment me. The boss doesn't tell me he likes my hairdo. They don't give me days off. Listen to me, my friends. If the blessing of the Lord is upon you, you will come early. You will stay late. You will do your job with excellence. And no matter what company you are working, it doesn't matter if they're flipping burgers at McDonald's. Somebody eventually is going to catch on and say, man, we need a better burger flipper. Who can we get? I'll get so-and-so so and give them a raise. God is looking for people to bless and favor, but we have got to be righteous. You know what righteous is? Righteous is doing the right things at the right time. You might say, Pastor, but you don't know my job. You don't know my economy. You don't know what we're into right now. Let me tell you something. Get into whatever God tells you to get into. Pray about what job to take on right now, and God will bless it. I went to India, third world country. Guess what? People have cars there. Somebody needs to sell those cars. Somebody needs to get into the business of selling cars. Are you listening? They eat rice there, and they have rice farms. Somebody's going to own those. You might call it a third world country, but it ain't third world for everybody, baby. Are you all listening to me? Somebody's being blessed in India right now because I had to take our Indian pastor, and he's like, Pastor, when are you going to give this so we can buy a new orphanage? Pastor, when are you going to send American dollars so we can do this? I said, Brother, come stand with me. Adolfo's here. He was with me. Did I not do this? We stood out the hotel, and I said, Look at this. Who owns those buildings right there? Indians. Who's driving these motorcycles? Indians. Who owns the rickshaw business? Indians. Who's making the construction business? Indians. Who's running the hotel business? Indians. Listen to me, my friend. I don't care if you live in a third world country like India. Somebody has a business, and if somebody righteous gets into it, God will favor you like a shield and bless you. Joseph was a slave, but God blessed all that he did. Let me talk about families. People always want to have help in their families. Pastor, fix my wife. Fix my husband. Let me tell you what you need to fix. You need to fix being righteous. You need to act right in the home. Husbands need to be the leaders that God called them to be. Wives need to submit unto their husbands as they do unto Christ. Children need to obey their parents so it goes well with them and their backside. Are you listening to me? When a family puts God first, guess what happens to that family? They're blessed. They're favored. Divorce doesn't come. Gangs doesn't come. God protects and blesses that family. Even as a slave, Joseph was favored. And guess what happened? 
the blessing of the Lord came from Joseph to Potiphar. Do you know what made America great? It was that America was founded upon in God we trust. Where do you hear that now? In God we, isn't that on your money? But does America trust in God or in the money? Now where is America? Where are our politicians? They used to swear on the Bible, have to show their church membership and show that they were holy men of God. Are you listening to me? The greatest nation on this earth was founded upon the principles you honor God. When we took the Ten Commandments out of our courtrooms, the devil and his work came in. When we took God out of our schools, the metal detectors came up. Are you listening to me? When we said a human life is not worth anything in 1970, we've seen more school shootings, more homicide, 500 alone in Chicago than ever before because you say you're an animal, you'll act like an animal, and you'll kill like an animal. But I'll tell you something. If we'll get blessed again in this nation, if we'll live right again in this nation, guess what God will do? He'll bless this nation. God bless America. That used to mean something, and it will if holy people pray it out as righteous people say, God bless America, land that I love. You want to see our nation change? Put God first in all that you do. Amen. Praise God. The next thing that happens is y'all got to get a load of this. Remember I said it was going to be even worse than a soap opera? So Joseph is working in Potiphar's house. Man, this guy's had it bad. He's been betrayed by his brothers, thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, working now as a slave in Potiphar's house. Guess what happens? Potiphar's wife sees this big, handsome stud walking by. Nick, go ahead and stand up and take a little stroll down the front row. Come on, baby. Just walk it down. Walk it. Work it now on the runway. Amen. Woo! God bless you, my brother. Now, ladies, don't you stumble now. Don't you stumble now. Go ahead, brother. You you can be seated now. Thank you. Listen, Potiphar's wife becomes so jealous of Joseph. He's blessed. He's got the best job, and he's a slave. She tries to have sex with him. And you would think right now, hey, come on, somebody, this is the way to the top. I have sex with the wife right now. I'm in it to win it. You know what Joseph does? He says no. She asks again. He says no. He, she asks again. He says no. Eventually, the Bible says she corners him, and she gets so on top of him that she takes off his robe. He runs out naked. Now she's ashamed. What's she going to do? She runs out with his robe, tells all the other slaves, he tried to rape me. You see, my friends, bad things do happen to good people. See, some of y'all weren't planning on losing your home, but it came your way, bankruptcy. Some of y'all weren't ready for a sickness, but it came your way. You see, bad things happen to good people, my friends. Joseph was doing everything right, but yet things kept going wrong. Man, the dude was already a slave. He was already made to look uh, like a fool, taken from his people, tied up. And now he was thrown into prison. He was taken into prison. But can I tell you the favor of the Lord was on him? Because guess what you were supposed to do with a slave back then that did that? You were supposed to kill him. So how many would rather go to jail than die? So God's favor was still on him that even when this woman lied, he was thrown into prison. And you might say, Pastor, man, prison must have been tough for him. But I want you to turn with me to Genesis 39 because some of you are already ahead of the story because guess what? He was blessed in prison. He wasn't one of those dudes making ramen noodles off the toilet like you've seen in those jailhouse documentaries on National Geographic. You ever watch those things? These guys in prison doing all types of things, cooking ramen noodles off the toilet. I'm telling you, this wasn't Joseph. Y'all looking at me crazy. National Geographic said it. I didn't. Okay, this is what they do. Listen, 
Genesis chapter 39. Look at what happens to him. Verse 21. The Lord was with him. Oh, y'all, got, y'all got to get this. Somebody say the Lord was with him. So that means the Lord was with him in the pit. The Lord was with him with Potiphar. And even now while he's in prison, who was still with him? Because the Lord surrounds the righteous with favor as a shield. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison. He became in charge of the prisoners. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care. Because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him what? Y'all got to say that like you mean it. Gave him what? Success in whatever he did. What do you want to do today for God? Now, this is not what do you want to do to be a millionaire. I'm asking you a question. What do you want to do for God? You want to be a mother, a father? You want to have a business and dedicate it unto God? You want to get an education? You want to start something right now that's going to help people? What do you want to do for God? Can I tell you the secret to success? It's right here in the Scriptures. Live righteous, and God will give you success. Psalms 1. Blessed is the man who does not stand the way of the wicked, who does not walk in the way of the sinner, sit in the seat of the mocker, but his delight is on the law of the Lord. And on his law does he meditate day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yield its fruit in season. His leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Do you know when the biggest church was built in America? During the Great Depression, Amy Simple McPherson built a church that could hold 10,000 people in Los Angeles during the Great Depression. My friends, you know that some of the greatest things will come out of the greatest adversities of your life. If I asked you right now, how many life lessons did you get on your trip to Disneyland last year? You probably didn't learn too many life lessons except how to do the belly flop down the slide. Are you listening to me? But if I asked you, where were you when the greatest lessons of your life were given to you? You would say at the gravesite of somebody I loved. During the time when I thought I was going to die, when I had cancer, when I was a teenager being put into the principal's office, when I lost my business, when everything was falling apart. Why is it in the times of adversity we learn those lessons? Because we're not successful for successful sake. We're here to be successful for God's sake. We need to learn a bigger purpose. You know when I sat down with the alderman, he says, gee whiz. He said, gee willikers, guys. That's what he said. He said, gee willikers, guys. He said, gee willikers. There's so many churches coming around. There's a new live church right on the corner. There's an assembly of God church. Where are all you guys going? I said, we're buying up all the businesses because the businesses learned the hard way. It's not about money. It's about God. And that's why our churches in America are exploding. Because people are realizing, hey, Sunday's not the day where I spend all my money at the beach and the lake and go down and, 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 and to Navy Pier. No, 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 no. Sunday's the day I stop and I say I'm thankful. Sunday's the day I stop and I give back to God who gave me the breath that I breathe. You see, when we start putting God first, he blesses us. Joseph was successful in prison. I know what it's like to fail, my friends, but I know what it's like to get back up. Joseph had to get back up and say, man, everybody keeps picking on me, but I'll keep trusting in God. And he was successful. If you want success, can you say, give it to me in Jesus' name. 
That's what you have to say to your boss. Walk up to your boss and say, what do I have to do to be successful here? Go up to your wife and say, honey, smooching, what do I have to do to make you the most belle of the ball, loveliest lady of the entire earth? Can you all married couple just look at your wives and say, what do I have to do to make you feel like the queen of heaven and earth? Come on, you want to be ha- you want to be happy in life, young people. Look to your parents and say, "Mom, Dad, what do I have to do to make you happy?" You know what God said: "Live righteous, do what's right, and you'll be blessed." Can you say Amen? And then go to Genesis chapter forty-one, verse fifteen. He was tied up, thrown into a pit. He was then sold as a slave into Potiphar's house, lied about, said that he was a rapist, but he wasn't. He was put into prison, and he was blessed. But guess what happened while he was in prison? Two of Pharaoh's officials, one who gave the Pharaoh wine and the other one who baked cakes for the Pharaoh, were thrown into prison. Both of them had a dream. And they asked Joseph, what do you think this dream means? And Joseph told him, one of you guys is getting out in three days. The other one of you is going to die in three days. Guess what happened in three days? The baker died. The cupbearer went right back to Pharaoh. Joseph told the cupbearer, he said, look, dude, since you're going back to the Pharaoh, don't forget about me. I am a slave. I've been lying and cheated my whole life. You have got to tell Pharaoh about me. Well, the cupbearer did what any good friend would do, forgot about him, and looked out only for himself. Then one day, the Pharaoh had a dream and said, I can't figure out what's going on. I see these these, uh, big cows, and they're eating grass, and these little skinny cows come up and eat the big cows. What does that mean the cupbearer said hey i know somebody who interprets dreams they brought joseph before pharaoh somebody say that success say success comes to those who wait genesis chapter 41 verse 15 joseph knew when to be ready for success because he was waiting on the lord you don't have to make it happen god will make it happen pharaoh said to joseph verse 15 I had a dream and no one could interpret it, but I have never heard it said of but I have heard it said of you that you when you hear a dream you can interpret it. Now look what he says, verse sixteen. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God somebody say but God. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Everyone look up at me. We have been taught from the day we were a little child, make it happen for yourself. If you don't do it for you, nobody will do it else for you. We have heard people say on these infomercials, I'm a self-made millionaire. People say, look what I did with myself. I pulled myself up from my own bootstraps and got this job done. I remember when I was trying to get into real estate, I was just asking a guy some questions. He said, I ain't going to help you because no one helped me. I had to learn it all on my own. You see, we want to say we make ourselves successful we want to say we do it but when joseph waited for his opportunity to have success who did he say did it he said god did it let me tell you something you can't make yourself anything but a failure oh i'm a self-made millionaire joey what are you going to tell me let me look at your family i'm not judging you on dollars alone let me look at your emotional life let me look at how you treat people You see, my friends, we can't make ourselves but anything but a failure. But God can make us a success. And success is not just dollars and cents. Success is how we live our life inwardly, how we treat people outwardly, how we help and change this world for God's good. Are you listening to me? You see, Joseph, when he came before Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, hey, man, I heard you're good at doing this dream stuff. Joseph said, hey, ho, ho. before we get into this, let me make one thing clear. I don't do any of that. But God does. 
I remember standing before my dad. He had the box seats at the minor league football team of, Chicago, uh, of Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's like a big deal for our town. He had all of his top clients gathered together. These were the, the, the small business owners of Fort Wayne. And they had out a great spread, you know, the cocktail, uh, you know, the shrimp and the cocktail thing. And you know what he said? He said, gentlemen, I invited you here to share this with me, how God has blessed my business. And he said, yes, you heard me right. God blessed my business. And my son here is a pastor, and I'm going to ask him to pray before we watch this football game and have fun because some of you don't know this, but I'm a Christian. And everything I've ever done and had in life comes from God. And after my son prays, if you have any questions about the real meaning of life, come see me or my son. That was the greatest prayer I've ever prayed in my life was before business people because my father had enough courage to stand up and say to God be the glory. Yeah, I know it's cheesy when football players do it, but I still like it when they take a knee. I still appreciate it when people in this church say, I got a raise, but I thank God for it. Because you know what, my friends? You and I wouldn't have one brain cell if it wasn't for the God who created us. We wouldn't have one bit of oxygen going to the cells that make our muscles work if it wasn't for the God that created us. The secret to success is learning that life is not about you. It's not about me. It's not about what we make of ourselves. It's about who God said we were and what God said we do and when we do it it's successful because it's his name on the line not ours hallelujah I thank God today that I can look at every one of you and I can say you're a success you're a success you're a success and it's not because of what your 401k has it's because of what God says you have and if God is on your side who can be against you when Joseph went from the pit to the Potiphar's house to prison to Pharaoh, he said, I still remember a God that's been with me all along, and I won't forsake him now in a palace, because I'll still give him glory, even to the pains of death, when Pharaoh could have killed him and said, no, but I'm God of Egypt. He said, I won't forget who's been with me this whole time. It's God. It's God. It's God. Hallelujah. And there before uh, before Pharaoh with God on his side, He said, let me tell you what your dream means. He said, seven years of famine or prosperity, seven years of of abundance are coming, and then seven years of famine. If you take everything you have in these seven years and, and eat it, you'll have nothing left. But if you take a fifth of what you have, store it, then when the seven years of famine come, you'll succeed. Somebody say, God is pretty smart. You know, you need to pray for inventive ideas when you're sitting at the business table, when you're sitting at the family. God gave Joseph the whole plan. Pharaoh looked at him, and look what Pharaoh said to him. Praise God. Look at it. Verse, uh, chapter 41, verse 38. So Pharaoh asked them. He's talking to his assistants. You can tell Pharaoh's mind's blown right now if he just heard the interpretation of his dream and the plan to go with it. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning as wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. He went from the pit to prison to Potiphar to Pharaoh to the palace. Would you stand with me, please? What are you going through today? Ben, would you come forward? What are you going through today? 
You might say, Pastor, I'm going through divorce, bankruptcy, lack of experience for new jobs. Come on. Pastor, I'm, I'm going through rebellious teenagers. I'm going through my house is falling apart. I don't know what your list is, but I can tell you, if you live righteous, God will be with you. When we get to heaven, guess what? We're not going to sit and brag about what we did. We're going to talk about what God did. You might say, well, man, whatever happened to his brothers? Let me read it to you. Eventually, the famine hit the land, and his brothers lost all their crops. Now they're starving. They then said, man, I hear Egypt has got a boatload of food. Let's go to Egypt. Guess who was in charge of the food? Joseph. Guess who had to give them the food? Joseph. And if you read the Bible, he plays a little trick on them because he wanted to see if they had changed. I don't have time to read it. That would be fun for you to see the little trick that he plays. But at the end, he finally unveils himself because they didn't know it was him. And this is what he says to him, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. You intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. The devil and people around you may intend things to be bad. Somebody may be out there to get you like they were for Joseph. Economic situations may come into your life and you may say, man, this, this, how can this be good? But can I tell you, if it's coming to you, you will go through it. Because the Bible says you cannot fail at what he said to do. He said, though I walk through the valley, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What's the next thing? He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Could you imagine being a part of maybe 300? You know, we see these movies, 300. And you're, you're sitting down in the middle of a battle like 300. Pass the gray poupon, please. A ta- he, listen, the Bible is sometimes just crazy to our natural mind unless you understand what you're reading. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That would be us like dropping bombs in Iraq and, and the dude just eating a little dinner right there. Come on. We can do that now, right, with drones? Praise God. Help them have wisdom, Lord, before they blow everything up. But listen to me. Why? Why? Why are we going to have a dinner in the middle of our battle? Because I'm not fighting and you aren't fighting. God is fighting. God is fighting your battle. God can put a marriage together. God can put a job back together. God can put a house back together. God can change a life. Joseph said, hey, guys, what you meant for bad has actually worked for good. The best life lessons we've ever learned come through those hard times. Don't give up on God. Come to God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that there is favor upon the righteous surrounding them as a shield. Lord, today I ask that if there's anybody here that hasn't been born again, that, Lord, they accept you into their life.
so that they don't fight the battle on their own. As I keep praying for you, I'm going to ask my elders to come forward because after I get done praying, we're going to pray for some of you today. Lord, I just thank you, God, that if there's someone here that doesn't know you, that, Lord, today their life can change. With everybody's head bowed, I'm going to pray for my first group of people. You may be here today, and you don't know the Lord. You might be feeling like you're going through life all by yourself. I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't have to be that way. The first step today is coming to God and saying, God, I need you. Forgiveness is just one request away. Right now, I'm going to pray for you. God, I pray for those who don't know you, that, God, they would come to the front and accept you as their Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus. Right now, we're going to start to sing a song, I'm coming your way. Don't leave yet because I'm going to pray for different people. But if you're here today and you don't know the Lord and you want to make that decision as we sing this song, I want you to come. Come on, band, begin to sing it. And as us Christians sing it out, you're just going to come, guys. You need to come to Jesus today and ask Him to be the boss of your life. Amen. Come on, sing it, congregation. Encourage those who need to come. And then we're going to pray for some more people today. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I know there's some in here today. Don't be embarrassed or shy. God's going to bless you. This is a church that expects you not to be ashamed because God wasn't ashamed of you. He'll save whoever comes. Come on, we're going to sing it a few more times and I'm going to start praying for others. Who is here today that needs to get forgiveness? Who needs a relationship with the Holy God? You don't want to go through life alone, my friends. And don't say religion. It's not religion. It's a relationship. Quickly now, I'm moving to the next one. You're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I'm not where I'm supposed to be with God. I may know Him, but I'm in a place where I'm not with Him. I've done things that I regret. I've made bad decisions. If you know God, but you want to make it right, you need to come forward now, quickly. Come on. If there are people in here today, you say, I've made bad decisions in life. I've committed sins. I've done things that I know are wrong, and i got to make it right. Come quickly. People are going to pray with you now. Success is not an accident in God's kingdom. It's for the righteous. You can make money without God, but you can't build a family and a life without God. Come on, today, whoever needs to start over again, Jesus loves you. Amen, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 